The offseason is just getting underway in St. Louis, and one of the guys who might be a reason why the Cardinals make or don't make certain moves is on the show today. The number three ranked prospect in the organization, pitcher Gordon Graceppo, joining us today on Locked On Cardinals. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinal fans. I'm J.D. Haffern. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification button so you know when new videos are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. So we've talked about getting guests on this show and uh, more specifically bringing in some of the top prospects that the Cardinals have in their system and we finally landed one, and it's a big one. Joining us today on Locked On Cardinals is pitcher Gordon Graceffo, who uh, I would assume is uh, hanging out at home right now. Gordon, welcome into the show. How are you, brother? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. No, we're we're uh, we're we're happy to finally have you. Uh, I just kind of took over things for Locked On Cardinals a couple of months ago, and uh, we've gotten to talk to uh, other hosts of shows. But you, my friend, are now the first actual player to join the show since I've taken over. So we're, uh, we're, we're, we're breaking the break of the mold here. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So um, let's talk about things. First off, uh, where, where are you during the off season at the moment? What are you doing with yourself? Uh, I live in uh, Cranford, New Jersey with my family and um, just kind of chilling at home, lifting, lift, lift around home, throw around home. So kind of just staying in the Jersey area. Understood. Uh, looking up things, uh, saw that you were born in Wayne, New Jersey, which I know isn't too far from New York. So does that make you a Yankees or a Mets fan or neither? Uh, growing up, I was a Yankees fan, yeah. Yankees fan. Did you uh, get to go to a lot of games over at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, we actually had season tickets um, like from the 90s until I started college. So I'd go uh, pretty much every weekend that they had a home game with uh, one of my parents. That's pretty awesome. I bet the I bet the uh, the friends were pretty jealous over that. Were they always Definitely. trying to hit you up for tickets? Absolutely. Yeah, it was a great time. <laughs> uh, did you have any uh, particular player that you were you know was your favorite growing up on the Yankees? Uh, Mariano Rivera was definitely one guy that I loved watching, and uh, just him and Derek Jeter, obviously. Yeah, those are big ones. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you have you seen any of the uh, Derek Jeter stuff that they've done on ESPN? Any of his uh, his special mm-hmm. moments? Definitely, yeah. That that uh, documentary was was unbelievable. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy to watch. Absolute stud. Um, let's talk about um, you growing up, uh, high school and stuff. Did you have any other interests in any other sports other than baseball, or was it always baseball like uh, at the top there? Baseball was definitely kind of the pinnacle of everything. Like I focused all my time around that. I pretty much was doing some kind of baseball activity throughout the whole year, even though it wasn't really. Um, a full year sport until now, but um, yeah, baseball is I, my life has pretty been pretty much baseball centric uh, forever. 
Yeah, growing up in the Northeast, uh, you know, in the Midwest, we have some weather, but things can get pretty wild up in the Northeast, which makes mm-hmm. it makes it tough to do outdoor baseball activities. Uh, did you guys have to do a lot of like going to like gross gyms and stuff like that to get the baseball work in? Oh yeah, we uh, <laughs> we had a lot of times in like uh, facilities with like the gross turf and the like cold indoor like warehouses, but uh, I mean it was all worth it. Yeah, yeah, we had a joint in St. Louis called the the Armory, and there was no heat, and we all had to play winter ball inside there, and it was just this cavernous place downtown, and it was awful because there's no yeah. way to warm up at, at all. But you did what you had to do so you could play ball in the off season. So that mm-hmm. was, uh, I imagine, it was something similar like that. Uh, after high school, you move on and go to uh, Villanova to play ball. Uh, any particular reasons why you wanted to go to Villanova over any other places? Um, they were one of the first schools on me, kind of. But um, like once I visited there, I kind of fell in love with the campus. Loved the coaching staff uh, the minute I met them, and just kind of loved the culture and like the vibe around campus. Once I stepped foot there, and uh, I mean, I'm glad I made that decision. It worked out really well. Yeah, sure did. Um, any other schools that uh, that came after you at all? Put in uh, put in an effort to pull you away. Um, Lehigh was one big one. Fairfield, Dartmouth, uh, Georgetown. A lot of the other schools in the Big East, Rutgers. Um, but Villanova was the only scholarship I ended up getting at a high school. So that was another big reason why I ended up choosing them. But, uh, I mean, I'm glad they uh, put their faith in me, you know. You got there, like, right after they won, like, the national championship in basketball. Mm-hmm. What's that like going to a, a Wildcats game there? Well, I mean, it, it was hectic, especially after that <laughs> year when the expectations are so high. But sure. uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, the Cardinals end up taking you in the fifth round. Uh, where and what were you doing on draft day? Because baseball draft day, you know, a lot of people will watch the NFL draft or maybe the NBA draft, and they're starting to get into the TV thing with uh, the MLB draft. But uh, MLB draft's a little bit different than uh, what they do for the other sports. You go in the fifth round. What were you doing on draft day, and uh, who'd you end up talking to? What was the phone call like? So I was at home with my family on, I think it was like a, Saturday maybe but um yeah just home with my immediate family didn't really want to like you kind of see everything happen during the first round and the guys are at home with like a big draft party and like all their family and friends and like it's tough to really do that when you're like a later round pick just because you don't really know when you're going to go and there's kind of more stuff up in the air but um yeah I mean it was uh I ended up talking to the scout that recruited me from that area uh, Jim Negrich and um, just kind of on the phone with him throughout the day and ended up coming up with something in the fifth round and uh, grateful for that. That was the fifth round, uh, a decent projection for what what you were told you may get taken at, or was it higher? Mm -hmm. Was it lower than what you expected? It was throughout the whole process. I was kind of hearing from third round to sixth round. So fifth round was kind of in the ballpark that I was expecting. Um, But, I mean, once you get to that, day you never really know like it's so hectic and it goes so quick and your phone's buzzing all day long and you kind of don't really know how you're going to handle it or how the organization is going to handle it but i'm glad it worked out yeah cardinals end up taking you uh were you familiar with much about the cardinals organization uh when, when they drafted you uh, being a, a yankees guy mm-hmm. i mean the the one thing you hear about them is that they're kind of like the yankees of the midwest like that traditional yeah. organization with the long history and it's a lot of success um 
But the last time I had actually watched them play, I think, like intently, was when they won the World Series in 2011. Um, but like after that, it was kind of all, I was totally focused on the Yankees, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, did, did you know the Cardinals were, were interested in you? Was that a name that people were saying, you know, hey, they, they might be coming after you in this draft? Yeah, they were one of the teams that was probably the biggest on me throughout the whole process. So I, I talked to that scout a lot, and um, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, we are too. Uh, the career with the organization ends up beginning in uh, Palm Beach, which I'm sure was nice considering you being from the Northeast. You get to go to Palm Beach, which is always pleasant. And then uh, mm-hmm. you end up going to Peoria, Illinois to uh, to start. And uh, I used to work there, so uh, I'm kind of familiar with the territory there. And you, you are lights out while you're at Peoria. You get an ERA of 0.99. Was there anything in particular that you might have learned at Peoria that helped you have that early success in your pro career? Um, it's kind of just pro ball is very different from like high school and college because it's kind of you're just kind of thrown into the fire like nobody's really walking you through anything, so you kind of have to figure out almost like how good you are, and you can only really do that by attacking the strike zone, attacking the hitters, and the hitters kind of tell you what you need to fix and anything you need to work on and stuff like that. And um, I was really grateful to have a lot of success there, and I think that just helped my confidence a lot just in pro ball in general. And uh, I mean. Just a lot of the guys there that uh, were on that team, they helped me a lot. Just talking to different players and hearing different experiences and stuff like that, that helped me. Uh, I believe you wear the – is it the number 32? Is that what you're mm-hmm. sporting now with uh, with Memphis? Um, yeah. Or I should say Springfield. Um, any significance to the number 32 on your uniform? Not really. I mean, I was always uh, – I was actually 42 growing up forever and then mariano yeah (laughs) you can't really wear that number anymore uh, he was kind of last one to wear it and then um, in college i was always 24 so i decided to switch it around and then uh when i got to peoria they you kind of like line up to choose your number and they let the older guys go first guys have been there longer so i'm one of the last ones to kind of pick and uh 32s happen to be there and it it fit so uh it, it worked yeah, they don't have it kind of like in the pros where they're like, yeah, we have every size of every number. Mm-hmm. You can have whatever you want. You're kind of like it's back in, uh, you know, Little League where you're like, okay, this one just kind of that one fits. I guess I'll take yeah. that number. Definitely. <laughs> uh, we're going to have more with Gordon Graceffo here in just a moment. But speaking of numbers, betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, I'm guessing you do, since you are listening to this right now. You probably do uh, listen to a plenty other podcasts as well. You can find those at Bet Online as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. College basketball is back. Obviously, college and NFL football. You've got the NHL in full swing. Plenty of great sports to go around for everyone. And if you feel like adding some spice to your game, watching. Uh, then throwing down a little bit of moolah. That might make things a little more fun for you. See if you're as smart as you think you are when it comes to your favorite teams. Head to the website today, or you can use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, we want to thank you guys for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked on can provide Locked on Sports today. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, we're here with the Cardinals' number three overall prospect, Gordon Graceffo. What's that like, man? Hearing that you're all the way up to the number three ranked prospect in an organization 
like the Cardinals and that like, you know, scouts and evaluators, they think this highly of you, that that's how far you've reached in a pretty short time. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's definitely an honor and it's, it's something to definitely be proud of, but in my head, it's, I'm all, I, it's, I feel like I haven't done anything yet. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of treat like your ultimate goal is to get to the big leagues and stay in the big leagues. And until I'm there, it's, it, everything's a stepping stone, you know? So I yeah. mean, you're obviously grateful to be talked about like that, but I'm still here for to get there and stay there. Well, uh, you got promoted right away. You end up at Double uh, A Springfield uh, this year. What, what's that like as a player to get the call up to the next level? Was it because you know we will see these videos online of guys who are getting called up to the show, and it's this whole you know they might play tricks on the guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did you have something like that happen, or was it just your normal manager player meeting? And they were like, "Hey, this is what's happening." Uh, around that time in uh, high A, we were coming home from a series in Wisconsin, I'm pretty sure. And uh, when you're leaving, like we had heard rumors of guys moving up from low A to high A. So we knew there was going to have to be some moves from high A to double A just to make um, room on the roster. And when you're on an away trip, they kind of usually wait for to, uh, wait for the bus to get back home before they tell any player where they're going or anything. So we had that whole bus ride to kind of think about what's going to happen, who's going to move, all this kind of stuff. So me and all the other guys on the team are in the back of the bus just kind of brainstorming and playing GM and seeing what's going to happen. But um, once we got back to the stadium in Peoria, uh, I just got called into the office. They said, you're going to double A. Uh, good luck. Like, this is what you're going to need to know when you get up there. All this, all this stuff like that. It was pretty straightforward. And uh, I'm grateful they, they chose me to move up. How much time did you get to like pack up before you had to head out? <laughs> uh, we probably got back in the evening on like a Sunday, yeah, Sunday evening probably, and I left Monday morning, so uh, it's a pretty quick wow. turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hardly a chance to say goodbye to any of the guys. So, mm-hmm. uh, but still, that's awesome. Uh, so you get up to Double A, and what's the what's the first thing you notice? Like, what's the biggest difference between? the hitters in a ball high a where you were at and then what they're like when you got up to double a uh, just their approach the approach in double a is so uh i mean guys are they know exactly what they're good at they know exactly what they're looking for and there's kind of there's no holes in the lineup really like you can kind of navigate a high a lineup like you can navigate a college lineup but once you get to double a like everybody is a guy like everybody is elite and you kind of have to just focus in that much more and just kind of lock in and have to your every pitch has got to be your best stuff and you can't work around the zone you just have to go in and attack uh baseball players sometimes infamous for their almost ritualistic approach to a game whether it's they're eating certain foods or they listen to certain music uh maybe wear a particular pair of socks something like that you have any kind of good luck charms or anything that you have to do uh before you make a start uh when i started in double a that's when i kind of got in tune with a lot of that stuff i uh i would eat breakfast i would eat the same breakfast every day before i would go pitch and then i would uh eat the same lunch and I have the, I have one playlist that I listened to that I made before I uh, go pitch. Is there, is there any food item you want to share with us or is it all secretive for you and you only? <laughs> no, I, I could definitely share. Um, <laughs> there was a acai bowl place in uh, Springfield, Missouri. That was really, really good. And I kind of, I like that kind of as a breakfast cause it's not too filling, but it's, it right. seems pretty healthy and it, but it, and it tastes good. So why not 
And then uh, I'd get Jersey Mike's, an Italian sub from Jersey Mike's before I'd, before I'd pitch. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Italian dressing is a bomb from Jersey mm-hmm. Mike's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so your team in Springfield, you guys had a, a, a lot of talent. We talked mm-hmm. a lot about you guys this year, uh, not only you, but you had some uh, names that guys uh, that are listening to the podcast are probably familiar with. Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Moises Gomez. What are some of your assessments? What can you tell us about Jordan Walker when uh, when, when you first met him and how he does what he does on the field and just how amazing his his career has taken off too? Yeah, I mean, Jordan was probably the best pure hitter I've ever seen on a baseball field. Like he – just the approach and the maturity from a guy who's 20 years old literally just out of high school is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. And his adjustment from third to the outfield and how quick he made it and how kind of routine he made it look out there is unbelievable. And Mason is probably the best shortstop I've ever been on the same field with. Like he, he's a freak out there. He does some things that you're like, how is that even possible? Who's who's got a better arm, you or Mason? Uh, it depends. It depends <laughs> where we're throwing it from. From from short, from short, definitely Mason on the mound. Even though he did a little pitching uh, back in the day in high school, he likes to uh, trash talk the rest of the pitchers. But uh, I would have to say me on the mound. Okay, good to know. And uh, Moises Gomez, a guy that mm-hmm. came out of nowhere, the the power just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that like watching that guy set a record this year? Yeah, he so we were me and him were actually locker mates and uh or uh locker neighbors in spring training and obviously he's a new guy. It was my first spring training, so we kinda got to talking a little bit. His English is pretty good. So uh we could actually have a conversation, but he he had some of the craziest pop I've ever seen. Like getting like seeing all this stuff on Twitter about him when I was in high A and he was in Springfield and then getting there and actually seeing it and seeing these balls fly off his bat is incredible. Who's uh, more impressive in batting practice, Jordan or Moises? That's tough. <laughs> uh, just, just tank shots left and right, probably. I mean, they would go back and forth in BP every day, but I would have to say Jordan. Jordan's swing and Jordan's, like, just the way he makes it look so easy, yeah. It's it's got to be Jordan. Yeah, he's got a guy. He's got the size too. Where Moise oh, yeah. is a little smaller and stocky, mm-hmm. but Jordan's mm-hmm. a monster out there. Yeah. Uh, you brought up going on uh, bus rides when you were talking about uh, your your time in Peoria. Uh, when you're on the bus rides, any favorite movies that you guys like to watch or books you like to read? What do you like to do when you're when you're spending time on the bus? Um, it depends if we're uh, a lot of the time on the way to uh, games. It was guys just kind of keeping themselves listening to music just relaxing sleeping on the way home it's usually a lot of yelling playing cards <laughs> like a lot of conversations so it, all, it also depends how the series went but um, sure. on the way home it was definitely more loose than uh, on the way there we are joined today by the cardinals top pitching prospect gordon graceffo now your next step in the in your career progression which you mentioned was to make it up to Memphis and then get to St. Louis. Have you actually been to St. Louis at any point in your career? I went to St. Louis um, for their pre-draft workout uh, okay. a couple a couple weeks before uh, the draft actually happened. And that, that was the only time. And it was really nice. The stadium was beautiful. 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing when you get to when you go from the the stadiums of the minor leagues and you go to the the pro stadiums. Mm-hmm. You've been obviously to Yankee Stadium multiple times, but just how the levels are just—it's yeah. a gi- ginormous cathedrals that these guys are playing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of those guys that played a long time in St. Louis and had quite a a season this year made his return to the Cardinals is uh, Albert Pujols. Uh, I'm sure you've seen a number of Albert Pujols at bats at some point or another. Mm-hmm. How would you have attacked Albert if you had to face him on the mound? So I actually faced him on the last day of spring training uh, before everybody got assigned to their to their teams and uh, flew nice. out. So his first at bat, I'm pretty sure he jumped on a first pitch fastball, hit it deep to left, ended up flying out. Second at bat, he uh, he worked it to three two, fouled a couple pitches off, and then I was kind of like, I'll just throw a fastball as hard as I can, see what happens. <laughs> uh, threw it and he hit it right back up the middle, like through my legs, like right over <laughs> my legs. And it was it was crazy that he still has that bat to ball skills at at his age. And then um, the last at bat, he grounded into a double play on a fastball way, and it's kind of funny because walking. Walking off the mound back to the dugout, he walked by me and he said, good pitch, Poppy. And, like, just hearing that from a guy who's this, like, a legend in the game and first ballot yeah. Hall of Famer, all that kind of stuff, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, arguably the the greatest right-handed hitter in the history of baseball. So yeah. uh, that's pretty nice. So the legend never took you deep. You can always say that. In three of bats, you got the guy to get out twice. So mm-hmm. that's winning. That's winning, yeah. baby. Um yeah. Now, as far as players who are currently in the league, do you have a particular pitcher or hitter that you enjoy watching nowadays? You mentioned Mariano before. Is there anybody that you kind of look up to now that's throwing still? Uh, definitely Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's a guy that I watched a lot when he was on the Astros, and now that he's on the Yankees, uh, it's even easier to watch him. And he's his just his stuff and his just how he attacks his own tax hitters and just his elite stuff and command is just something to, something to watch. Yeah, he's filthy. Uh, you mentioned the Astros, who just won the World Series this year. They had a, that combined no-hitter. Have you ever been a part of a no-hitter, combined or by yourself? I haven't. I haven't. That's one thing that I kind of have to – I got I to gotta do it. It's on, definitely on the bucket list, but uh, I haven't, haven't pitched well enough yet. All right, so we'll we'll save that one for when you get to the show, hopefully, and you'll uh, – you know, you can do that when you've got a Cardinal jersey on. If you could steal a particular pitch from another player, like uh, like Mariano's cutter, is uh, is that the pitch that you would take into your repertoire, or is there something else you would like to uh, take from somebody else? Definitely the Mariano Rivera cutter. He, I mean, <laughs> making making a career and becoming the best closer of all time with virtually one pitch is just that's unheard of, and I'd love to be able to throw that. Uh, the Cardinals just the other day uh, promoted Dusty Blake to pitching coach. H- have you had any interaction with Dusty at all? Do you know who him at all? I haven't, but I, I heard about him from his time at Duke, and I know a couple guys that played at Duke uh, during his time there. So definitely going to have to ask them about him, uh, see what they see what they have to say about him. But um, I'm looking forward to working with them, definitely. Yeah, he's certainly a guy that, uh, you know, but not a lot of us know about him yet. So we're all kind of intrigued on what's, what he's going to bring to the table. But great reputation so far. A uh, couple of final questions here. Uh, Thanksgiving is this month. Who does the cooking in the family? And do you do any of it yourself or do you just eat it all? No, I, I'm definitely I definitely just eat it all. I'm not. Cooking, it's not much <laughs> but it would it'll be uh, my mom and my grandma. Usually uh, it's uh, it's fantastic. I love Thanksgiving. 
We uh, we always have arguments in my household about what are the actual good food items when it comes to Thanksgiving. What's your uh, opinion on pumpkin pie? Is it good or is it gross? I'm not a pumpkin pie guy. I'm more of a yeah. pumpkin. I like pumpkin bread. I'm not. I not a pumpkin pie guy. Is it the mushiness that drives you nuts? Because that's my problem with it. I'm like, it yeah. just tastes like mush, and I'm yeah. not down with that. <laughs> yeah, not, I don't. I don't. I don't really like the texture. Yeah, uh, same way with like green bean casserole. I just can't get over how it feels and like it's gross. I can't. Yeah. I can't stand it. I just can't get on board. What about white or dark meat? Do you have a preference, or you just like give me all the meats? I like. I'm a dark meat guy. I'll eat anything, but I'm I'm a dark meat guy. All right. All right. Well, Gordon, uh, I, I really do appreciate you taking time out to hang with us today. We wish you uh, nothing but success in the future. And of course, happy holidays uh, to you and yours. And uh, if you ever want to come back, hopefully when you get that call coming up to Memphis or even to St. Louis, you come back on and we'll uh, we'll we'll chat and celebrate. OK. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Gordon Graceffo, everybody. Appreciate him uh, stopping by here today. Once again, we want to thank you guys for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Day podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans of baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked On Cardinals. Locked On Cardinals.